You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome, friends. We're so glad you joined us today. Today, we have a great podcast with two beautiful women. So do you struggle reading and applying God's word? Or maybe you think the Old Testament really doesn't apply to us anymore. Well, the Old Testament takes up three quarters of the Bible. So just at the vast majority of God's word shows us it's important. And it's important to remember that we meet the same God in both Old and New Testaments. The Old Testament announces the same very good news about the gospel that we enjoy And Jesus came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So the entire Old Testament points us all back to Jesus. And today we're going to start a three-part series of looking for Jesus and finding him in the Old Testament. And it's going to be such an encouragement to me, and I hope that you guys find the same thing. And I'm joined today by Shonda and Darius as we open up in the book of Ruth. Welcome, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? doing wonderful today and i'm so excited so when i sent out the chat i said what's your favorite book in the bible and let's talk about it and we decided instead of pushing it all into one podcast because it's so valuable and important we would do three and today we're starting with daris and daris why don't you share what book you chose and why well first of all thank you lisa for challenging me and probably shonda once again um just to to go back and really think about changes that have transpired in our, our Christian walk and, and what books were relevant. And as I thought about it, immediately I thought of the book of Ruth. And as, um, as much as we love, love, love the gospels and the red letters that Jesus wrote and, and that the foundation, especially Romans through Philemon of our faith, there are so many things in the Old Testament that point us straight to Jesus. What they do is they expand our faith tank and they they give us uh, glimpses. The Old Testament points to the New Testament. And so the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. When I thought of Ruth, I, I remember that it just impacted my life in a very great way. I wanted to share that with you all and with anybody who's listening. First and foremost is such a book of redemption. And all of us need a redeemer. All of us need to be redeemed. And that is the story of salvation. The need for the deliverer, the need for our redeemer to come and save us from everything everything we can't even say from this that or the other thing we need How about to be from, ourselves? from ourselves <laughs> i need saving from, from myself <laughs> need to exactly. from eternal damnation from hell from you know we can get very graphic but it's scary when we're not saved what i wanted to do is i wanted to break up the book just a couple of verses or one only in each chapter there's only four chapters and then kind of discuss what you girls think i'd love to hear what you think based on the thoughts that the lord gave us i mean we can probably spend weeks and weeks on each chapter in ruth if we really pick it apart like this has been a good lesson in 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 kind of condensing it all so we have the four chapters in ruth uh, very few characters and everybody knows the characters as ruth and boaz and naomi elimelech is also important he's introduced in the first chapter and he's eliminated (laughs) the book of ruth the first chapter has three funerals one of the most famous verses in ruth is said by naomi to ruth and in a nutshell what happens is there's a famine in bethlehem this is how the story starts and 
Elimelech and Naomi, they move to Moab. They run from the house of bread. That's what Bethlehem is known as. And they go to Moab. The Bible says that Moab is like a toilet bowl. It's a wash pot. It's disgusting. But they go there, running away from that famine. We know they were believers because Naomi shows that characteristic throughout the book. But they're running. From the get-go, we see them running away from the house of bread. And already, that should have all of our minds clicking as to how we run from the prosperity sometimes because we see we're hungry, we're worried, we're fearful, so we run away from what is safe. And so we find these girls, because Elimelech, Elimelech dies together, 10 years pass, and at some point, those the two young sons, Malon and Chilion, they die, but they had been married to these other girls, Orpah and Ruth, and this is when we're introduced to Ruth. What happens is that 10 years pass, this sadness of these three deaths, and these three girls are left, and so Naomi decides to go back. One of them decides to stay, because she, we can't blame her. She's going to stay in the comfort. They are Moabitists. That's, those are, that's her, their home. But Ruth decides to get out of her comfort zone, which is she's a Moabite and she comes and follows Naomi. So our story begins kind of there. And that that verse that I wanted to share with you all is, um, like I said, we've heard it at weddings. Entreat me, Naomi says, uh, Ruth says it to Naomi, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following, following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. So this foreigner decides to follow Naomi and her lifestyle and her people and her God. And Mm -hmm. so that is chapter one in a nutshell, as far as how things turn around. So what's in it for us? Well, what's in it for us is whatever Naomi did, Ruth was curious. Yeah. So we need to be a little Naomi-ish, even outside of our blessing, outside of our, we have to have enough Jesus in us, enough God in us that somebody sees it and is willing to follow us. Because Naomi, with all that death, she didn't really handle, she didn't handle it very well. She became bitter. The Bible says she changed her name to Mara and Ruth still saw something. Ruth followed you went back with her. And that is chapter one, the highlight that I saw. There's a lot more, but girls. So good. Isn't that just like the picture of like what we do as, as believers, we run, 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 run. And say, you forget, you forsook me, God, you know, you, you forgot about me. And then we go back home. We, we, we yes. go back and we're comfortable again. And then we run away again. And then we go back home. It's like, Seriously, not much has changed. Yes, what I saw, well, the first question I asked myself is, where, where's my famine? Where am I experiencing a drought? Where am I mm, unsatisfied with what God is providing in my life? And then when I look at Naomi, I'm like, how do I suffer? Do I suffer well? Am I a complainer? Am I, am I bitter? And I want to say no, because I know the right answers, but Mm -hmm. it's a great question. Like when I'm having problems in the relationships, maybe within my own home, 
am I showing bitterness and shortness or am I showing the love of Christ and is God's love enough for me to right. show love to others when I'm not feeling loved and appreciated? And then I think of, okay, what, what, what were they doing there? Were they even supposed to be there? And weren't they not supposed to marry yes. women? <laughs> like, so I want to kind of say like, there's three funerals after the first one, she could have said, you know, we really shouldn't be here anyways. God didn't call us here. This is not where we're supposed to be. I don't know when the marriages took place, but these are not, right. you know, like, was there ever a point of repentance where did she have, did she ever stop and think, let me think about what God called me to do. And yeah, how did I get here? How did I get here? Yeah, you can be bitter at God. You can be bitter with life. But is there some self-reflection there where, why didn't I tell my husband, you know, why don't we pray about God, the provider, providing food for us? So that's a good yes. reflection as well. Like where, where am I suffering consequences of my own sin? And yeah. what can I do to repent and change that circumstance? Yeah. And you're leaving one famine to go to another. You're leaving the famine of physical, the physical famine to go to a spiritual famine. You know, it's like, I would much rather have a physical famine, even though we as physical beings want those, those needs met immediately. Yeah, right. But like you, Lisa, where is my famine? Am I, is my knee jerk reaction to whatever I'm going through, whether it's, right. you know, being sick or, or not living where I want to live or whatever is my knee jerk reaction. Why God, why are you doing this to me, God? Or I'm here because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And yeah. even, you know, I can just roll with yeah. it. I can roll with the punches. Yeah. I can roll with it, but mm -hmm. I need to stop and ask myself, where am I dissatisfied with what God has provided for me so that right. I don't just become you know, put on my big girl pants and I'm going to just go with it and whatever, I'll do what I have to do. No. Where am I allowing being not content with what God gave me? Cause that's what it is. Where am I not trusting God and surrendering that to God? And I think we can all attest like with our friend Tatiana suffering so long and she was sick for so long. And I was, I got to the point was like, Lord, are you even hearing me? Yes. Right. And, and I didn't realize that I had that attitude towards God, but I did. Yeah. And then sitting and saying, Lord, forgive me. And of course, now that his hand is moving, I'm like, oh Lord, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean it. I knew you were at work. I knew it. <laughs> right. But where is that little, where's yeah. that little, yeah. little tiny part of your heart that's getting hard or annoyed or short or impatient coming in? Yeah. A lot. Absolutely. And let me tell you that Naomi, despite all of that, she endured. I, I have that written in my Bible. I have by her name endurance. I have Orpah escape because she escaped the blessing, a willful escape. It wasn't that, you know, oh, oh, phew, she missed it. No, it was a willful escape that she should not have. She should have followed Naomi. And then we have Ruth that enlisted. In, those are the three words I have written in my Bible. She enlisted and she said, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going. Like when you enlist in the military, I'm going to go and fight and figure this out. It was a blind walk. But so that was so good, girls. It's true. You, you never know what we're showing and how we handle anything until we handle it. And then we can look back and, and then see, yes, Lord. Yes. Well, Lord. And incredible bravery. Like we look, we think of that in the time now, like, you know, 
no big deal. We're just going to walk to another place. But back then they were talking to women in a place where you're not supposed to be alone, but you know, you're not supposed to go anywhere without yeah, your, without a man and not to right. have, and not even have an idea if where they're going to is going to actually be better than what they're leaving. It takes a lot for me to like even put my place in that position. Would I have that kind of bravery? Exactly. I might be Orpa. I'm 10 years. Well, them a whole lifetime. Naomi had 10 years roots. She was rooted in. Yeah. That was, that became her world. She gave birth to her kids there or at least raised them for 10 years because how old were these kids? Not too, yeah. too, too old if they were getting married and, and Ruth was still a young girl. So there's so much I agree with you, Shonda. Would I have had the ability because it's not faith quite yet, but the ability to go and, yeah. and, and it was far and follow this woman on the Bible. It was bitter. <laughs> and so we move on to chapter two, where we meet Boaz and Boaz We've always learned, and, and many of you already know, that Boaz is a type of, of Jesus because he comes and, and redeems this family. Ruth happens to come across his field because she has to go to work, and she starts acclimating to her new life there with her mother-in-law. She goes to work. She feels like she needs to play a part in helping her mother-in-law get back on her feet to women alone. So she goes to work. The verse that I absolutely love, chapter 2, verse 10 Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Now, what happens here is that Boaz shows kindness to Ruth, allows her to do certain things that are outside of the norm for a big boss owner. This is the owner of the fields. This is not the, I'm sure there was a hierarchy of management but he takes notice. He's very nice to her. He lets her get extra produce from the harvest. He allows her, he tells her, hang out with the girls. I got girls for you to hang out with. He says, I've told the men, don't talk to her. Don't touch her. Don't go near her. So he's provided protection, friendships. He's provided all these things for her. And she says, how have I found favor with you? And it reminds me of that oh. verse in Psalm. Oh. Who am I, Lord, yeah. that you would be mindful of me? We're nothing. We're foreigners. We're not even worthy. That's what Ruth felt. She said, why are you doing this? I'm eating. I'm bringing home extra. I mean, there's a part in, in the book. I'm not even sure this this chapter. I do need to go back and read it really, really detailed. She comes home with extra sheep of the harvest and brings it to Naomi and they have an abundance and they're like, what in the world yeah. is this? And there's no love story quite yet. It's just that beautiful part where she's serving and she's receiving all these blessings early on in her relationship. And some of you may already be seeing where I'm going with all of this. In Boaz's field, Ruth is going to find the companionship. Yes, it's the girls. In Boaz's field, Ruth is going to find protection. And in Boaz's field, Ruth is going to find refreshment and provision because he told her, and when you're thirsty, yes. they're going to give you something. You're going to have plenty to drink. It's not the Lord. I don't even like no oh my gosh it's Where so good I didn't mean look. I've so, read Ruth so many times I read think? it last night again and I never saw that how he like he provided for all of those those needs her physical needs her emotional needs he provided her with community he provided her with a place to you know to work like like literally I never thought about that I've always laughed at you know I told the guys don't touch you and I'm thinking like oh my gosh it sounds like my husband you know but yes it's not that it's that Yes. And he's gentle and he's, 
he's kind and he's humble and she's humble. Like her humility. That was another thing you, you were saying that it really struck, jumped out at me was, was how being somebody from a despised people. I mean, it says in the Bible, in, in the commentary in Ruth, if you kind of like really dig, dig in there that the Moabite people were despised. So she obviously, everybody knew that she was a Moabite because she was, you know, she was Ruth the Moabite. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, she could hide that, but, um, but, and that she still went out like, gosh, that's just so brave. So brave. Just love it. Love and it. And I just see God's goodness everywhere. Like what, how many times do we miss it? Yeah. How many times does he protect us, guide us? And I think, oh, I did a good job. I came to the right place and, you know, I'm, I'm friendly and no, God's favor cannot be persuaded. Like there, you can't, you can't be good enough, smart enough, pretty enough to get God's favor. It is grace. It is God's yeah. favor is through grace. There's nothing she could have done to win that spot and that favor in that man, because that was all part of God's plan. Absolutely. You can't earn it. There's no earning. And in part of the, the description, it says she strikingly exemplifies the truth that participating in the coming kingdom of God is decided not by blood or birth, but by the conformity of one's life to the will of God through obedience that comes through faith. How good is that? Like, Thank so you, you know, it's nothing you can do people. It's nothing you can, you can, you can't say the right words. You can't study the Bible enough. You can't, you know, necessarily right. go on too many mission trips. It's all it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you've done or, or where you've come from. Right. It, you can still yeah. be a part of the building of God's kingdom. I love that. And it's, it's not by might, not by power, not by strength, but yes. it's by her humbleness, Yes, by her submission. She didn't walk in and say, Hey, you have enough for everybody. And I need, she just humbly out of a heart that wanted to serve her mother-in-law and care for her mother-in-law and herself, of course, she just was a humble servant and our humbleness and God's favor. That's the perfect, like God's not going to use us when we're proud and mighty. He'll wait. He'll wait until we fall and go back to him, hopefully. But if we can start in a place of humbleness, which, you know, we're going to get to pretty soon. So <laughs> he was such a gentleman. He is such a gentleman. And so what a perfect picture of, of Jesus for sure pointing. In chapter three, the plot thickens and it gets a little complicated. I urge all of you listeners and, and, and us again, let's read it again after we're done and kind of see what else. But a lot happens in chapter three. And that's where the, the so it's historical. There's a lot going on there. The a redeemer and, and the law comes into play here in chapter three, but the verse that I want to ch share from chapter three is, and then I'll come back and explain. Naomi gives really sound advice to Ruth and pretty much tells her, Hey, right. This guy, she kind of perceives this guy likes you. And she sees the redeemer because she knows the history of what can be done. Oh my goodness. This guy is a family member and that's relevant, but I, we don't have time to get into it, but it's very relevant that Boaz is somehow some way related to them so he can he can redeem them and take them in and and help them out a little differently and so naomi tells ruth wash yourself and anoint yourself put on your best garment in other words look nice clean up and i love it come clean come clean 
that's what kept coming into my mind when I was reading it. Come clean. Don't go with all these. Don't go with fear. Just wash up. Go clean. And and once she did that, and Titus, it says the older women teach the yeah. younger women. And Ruth was willing to learn from Naomi. So she did it. Like, you know, someone tells me, go wash yourself and go lay yourself at the feet of this guy. You know, your boss. The whole thing is a bit right. much if you don't look at it from a spiritual perspective. She listens. And after this, this Boaz's response to Ruth. And now my daughter, do not fear. She goes and she does, she cleans herself and goes and presents what Naomi tells her to say and do. Again, I'm not going to share that. I want you guys to go read it. But because she did this in obedience, this is Boaz's response. And now my daughter, do not fear. Know that you are a virtuous woman. So in her obedience of following what she was urged to do by this older woman who was at this point now back to pleasant and godly and seeing things spiritually, she goes and does this. And that's the response Boaz gives her. People are watching you. I like you. And so whatever you ask, I'm going to give you. And that is going to segue to Esther, our next podcast, because what you what you ask, I'm going to give it to you, even the double the kingdom. So that's an awesome thing to even just sit on and watch that in her obedience, I think of Jesus, knock and the door right. will be open. Seek and you shall find. I said it out of order. It doesn't matter. That's God's promise to us. If we make ourselves available with no, not that we have to be cleaned up and from humble. our sins first. He does that work, but we have to come clean right? With and humble with a clean heart. Not like, oh, what am I going to get? Okay. I'm going to pray now because I might get that promotion. I'm going to pray now because God's a magician. No, God's not a yeah. magician. I'm going to come clean God and your will be done. And that's what she did. She didn't know he was going to like her or he didn't, she didn't know anything. She just knew go. Become presentable. Don't come with all, you know, the little attitude, all, all our dirt. I agree. Come clean. And so Naomi's good. advice. And, and the, the fact that she come clean, like trusted, like that whole relationship, you see that relationship really evolve from being, we have, we've had mother-in-laws at one time or another. Hope you, all of you, and most of your listeners have had good relationships with your mother-in-laws, but we all know that there are some bad ones. And I'm, and I always think of the, the history there between Naomi and Ruth when the sons were alive, you know, if it was still that intimacy, but it, you see it evolve into this like full on, I trust you and I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to do what your God says to do. And so I'm going to do it. I love that. And then when you see, okay, so here's here's our Jesus, right? Here's our Kingsman Redeemer. And then so we come to him humbly. There's no other way to, to come to Jesus. We come to him with repentance, wanting to be cleaned. And we come to him at the foot of the cross. So have you come to Jesus' feet? Have you bowed down to the foot of the cross and made him yes. your kingsman redeemer, your, the king of your life? Have you allowed his blood to wash you and anoint you with his Holy Spirit? Yeah. And he just shows up so beautifully in Boaz, mm -hmm. this gentle man who is the guy in charge. And yet he's a humble you know, leader servant. We see later he's, he's there on the, mm -hmm. the, the threshing floor. He's there watching and working amongst them. It's just such a beautiful yes. picture. 
loves. Yeah, he does. He knows his people. He knows his yeah. people. The Lord, he knows all of us. So and it really he does point to Jesus. It's a he beautiful, beautiful us. thing. He, yeah. Yes. Like she tells him, he, he provides her with the cor four corners. We are covered completely when we come to Jesus humbly, yeah. repentant, seeking, making him the God of our life, giving him that place in our heart. He then covers us. Love covers a multitude of sins. He covers us. He makes us clean. And then he invites us into his family. Like, yes, who is this God that we serve? What a beautiful, mighty God we serve. Jesus oh, gosh, so he good. provides so generously mm -hmm. and richly for us. And all she had to do was come yes. to him. Yeah. He does. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And not to shortchange chapter four, but three funerals at the beginning, chapter one, and one wedding at the end. I just, I didn't select a verse in particular from chapter four, just in its entirety. That, of course, we know that Ruth, and Boaz get married and they have a child and they name him Obed and he turns out to be How David's grandfather. Be? I know I have the children again. Of it's Jesus. so good. There was a purpose all <laughs> How can it be? How can it be? But you know what? You know, we start in chapter one and that's, that's why I just touched upon chapter four because the wedding is a celebration and the lineage and the, and the, the bloodline. But look at this chapter one. Ruth, Darius, Shonda, Lisa, the world, the church did not know Boaz existed at some point. In chapter two, we get to know him. We get to know Boaz. Ruth gets to know Boaz. We get to know Boaz. We get to know Jesus. And he's just giving us everything. He's providing. He's giving us protection, friends. And we love everything about him. We see his gifts. We see his worth. We see his value. We see all of that in chapter three. This is where Ruth yields herself and she goes and lays at his feet. How many of us stop at chapter two and we yes. don't get to chapter three and lay at his feet because chapter four is coming. The wedding, which symbolically, I can't wait for that wedding. My wedding day in heaven with Jesus at that wedding feast. But that's so much. There's so much that can be done before. We got to lay at his feet. In that chapter three, when she lays down and says, okay, at his feet, which was very symbolic as well. She knew right then and there that everything by chapter three, and then in turn, chapter four, everything he owned belonged to her. The kingdom was hers. Yeah. Everything that God has for us belongs yeah. to us. If we just lay at his feet. So it's a perfect picture of us and our relationship with Jesus and looking forward to that chapter four, where we get to celebrate our wedding in heaven <laughs> and talk to Ruth and say, Hey, gosh, that was awesome. Thank you for, for strengthening me down there. Thank you for, for showing me because I need to come back to it more often in this manner than just seeing what a beautiful story and that beautiful verse that's shared at weddings. We won't need to say that so in our wedding, our final wedding with our perfect lamb. And so that is our beautiful book of Ruth. And there's plenty more, but I just thank God for Lisa urging me to go through it again. 
and seeing why it is my favorite book and why I love it so much and why I have my name substituted so often instead of Ruth did this, Ruth later, Ruth, I say, Darius didn't even know Jesus. Darius thought, this is good, man. Got good friends. I'm protected. I got all kinds of amenities. Chapter two. And then I moved on to chapter three and I was able to lay at his feet and and all of that servitude became a little more submission and the waiting in chapter three, that's all part of my yeah. walk, but it goes, I got to get past that chapter two. I can't just stay there. And then in order to be yeah. able to see. I have the perfect verse for chapter four, and I'm going to start in verse 14. And it says, and the woman, to, the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in all of Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. And then it says that Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman in the neighborhood gave his name saying, a son has been born to Naomi, born to Naomi. And then they named him Obed and he was the father of Jesse and he was the father of David. There is the love story right there in four short verses what a love story it's beautiful it's encouraging so good i mean the 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 thing that kind of sticks out to me which in this whole when you when you read when you read ruth for the first time i mean for me as when i was a brand new believer i didn't realize that naomi had a place to go back to i missed that part where she went to, to moab because of the famine but she left a home. So God always has a home for us to come back to, you know, when, when we're his people, when we are his daughters and sons and children of God, no matter how far we go, how far we fall or whatever season we ever, if it's a season of rebellion, a season of drought, a season of sorrow, a season of grief, what, whatever that season is, God always has a home for us to go back to. And that that's in his presence. And it's always found in his word. That's one of the things I took away from that is that, you know, they had somewhere to go back to in a place where he was going to provide everything that they needed, even though they ran from it, tr- not trusting God. And they ran to, Mo- to Moab. So he still saved that place for them and redeemed them through it. So I thought that was really beautiful. The book starts with grief and loneliness, and it ends with companionship and rejoicing. Yes. And it reminds us that God provides for those who trust in him even in hard times. Yeah. And so I wrote just four little notes, recognizing God's hand in your life, recognizing God's favor, then remaining faithful and returning with thanksgiving. Amen. God cares for his people and character is built in suffering. We all know that. And how we saw, listen, Naomi was a very broken woman and like we all are, and she was lost and lonely. And God guided her back to where she was supposed to be. And then he gave her exceedingly more. He gave her a daughter-in-law that stuck with her, who led a baby on her lap that was going to be in the lineage of Jesus. What? I know. Like people just think the book of Ruth, oh yeah, it's just a little book in the Bible. It's the whole story of Jesus. It is. It's everything spelled out. Everything. His sacrifice for us gives us so much more than we could ever ask or imagine or ever earn. And that's why when people say, oh, I'm good, 
no, we can never be good enough. We -mm. can just be humble, come to him, allow him to cleanse us, clean us up, and accept his sacrifice. Amen. Mm -hmm. And this book is the book of life. I mean, this is the book of life, our Bibles. And Ruth made the book of life. This little foreigner, Moabitess, nobody from the place that people called the toilet bowl at that time, Moab, yuck. She made the book of life because of all of this disobedience that takes place. And through the suffering, the survival, through just, I don't even know, faith. I, I, yeah. I do believe it, start, it starts with Naomi. It goes back to Naomi. She led those, she was able through it all to push through. Mm-hmm. And, and Ruth, what an example of us. God, thank you, Lord. even through her anger and fear and everything she still yes. was like she still pushed on you know she's still there's a, there's a lot oh, to be admired thought, you know she recognized she was pleasant she changed her name tomorrow because i'm no longer pleasant. yeah like she was so self-aware i'm bitter yeah so she i'm not i'm not even naomi don't call me that i'm mara so even that this was is, so is, wonderful is ladies i can't wait for next week when yeah. shonda and we dive into esther uh, Darius, would you like to pray for those listening to be encouraged today? I'm thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for God's word being alive, that we can relate to it and learn from it and learn more about Jesus, even in the Old Testament. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for just uh, an opportunity, another open door that you give us to draw closer to you and, and see you, see your glory, see your face and everything, see your fingerprint on every little story in our lives and in the the lives of the people that you saw fit to make your book, your instructions for us here on earth. Thank you for your word that sometimes we think these lineages and and some of these things are irrelevant. They are so relevant if we really dig deep and we ask your Holy Spirit, God, to show us. And so I pray for all of us, those listening, the three of us, our friends, our families. I just pray, Lord, that we would understand that you are working in everything, in the good, the bad, the ugly, the suffering, everything, Lord, the kindness shown. Father, that we would know that you're sovereign, that you are um, watching out over us despite things that are going on around us. As I think of the world's situation right now, it's not so far from Moab. It's not so far from a famine. It's not so far from some of the things that we're seeing today. It's so practical for us today. I pray, God, that we would be able to not run from your house, Lord, and from your presence, that we would stay under that umbrella and covered, uh, whether it be through podcasts, through your word on quiet time, through uh, the covering of a church, God, that we would stay there, Lord, and would not run from your presence or from your um, protection, your fellowship, and eventually your blessing. We pray for those that are listening. We pray for those that are listening and need to reach out, that they would, that they would sense the Holy Spirit, just letting them know that they may need a little help. Um, sometimes we all need help. And God, you use different instruments to, to provide that help. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be able to be sensitive to your spirit and, and seek that help, whether it be through us, through the home church of those listening or whatever, God. But drop us to our knees, Lord. And while we're down there, all we can do is say, praise you, Abba. We love you, Jesus. Amen. And it is in your name, God, that we pray. Amen. 
Thank you and thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?